How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Flipping It podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I really appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. What's going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. We got a guest here, Andrew Georgie. I want to let him introduce himself. Uh, He mostly does books, but take it away, Andrew. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I really, really appreciate it, and I'm great, very grateful for the time. Um, this is going to be really fun. I'm really excited to get down on this. But um, So really quick, just a quick background on myself. I'm 22 years old. My name is Andrew, and I'm from northwest Indiana. So I'm like 45 minutes away from Chicago, so not that far out. But um, just started selling books last September of 2018. So now it's February 1st, going on the fourth month uh, of you know really really hitting this hard um, and you know been able to scale the business pretty nice uh, over the past three months and actually just took January to kind of take some steps back, reanalyze, re-strategize, uh, rebalance, and then kind of now I'm, I'm really going to execute on a lot of strategies that I've uh, came across and learned in January. But um, yeah, I've been selling books for four months, man, and scaled it over over 10K a month now. So that's it's going pretty decent, uh, pretty fast. Uh, and I'm trying to just pretty much handle it all. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm learning as I'm going and I'm making mistakes every day, but I'm still learning from those mistakes. And it's, it's really helping because I'm just I'm trying to do so much in a daily basis that I'm learning so much by doing so much. And it's what's helping me, I feel like, scale so fast. Uh, and on top of that, I'm just I'm, I'm willing to take the steps back to learn. You know what I'm saying? And then I can execute because I was down. I'm down 45 percent from last month. Uh, from January to December, I was down 45 percent, 43 percent. So uh, in sales, gross sales. So, you know, what I'm saying I took a lot of steps back, but it's about to be all paid off for the next two, three months. So that's a little bit about myself. Um, I started Amazon through private label. That's something else that's about myself. Uh, and I've, I've always kind of been doing entrepreneurial stuff since I was like 16 years old uh, when I like 16, 17. Once I got into like junior year high school, um, started to do YouTube and stuff like that. And so I've always had a background in this, right? It's just I finally found something that clicked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit about myself. Yeah, um, so I know a big question that I usually have and a lot of that my audience probably has is where do you even find all these books that you're selling on Amazon? Yeah. So, okay. So booksalefinder.com is a really good place to go uh, on the website, on the internet to uh, find local book sales, right? You And you'd be surprised on how many are in like a 50 mile radius of you that you could travel. I mean, I'm going to ones that are two and, two and a half hours away, you know, an hour and a half away. Uh, I'm willing to travel. I know the payout's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And as I scaled, I realized that I needed to keep reinvesting the money into the gas to get to the places that would have more books. So I realized that it was just pretty, um, pretty common sense to me that what I, that's what I had to do. But uh, I, I go to library sales, so that was so that was really nice because librarysalefinder.com or booksalefinder.com uh, will really help you in that end. It will show you everything that's going on in your in your whole state. Uh, you just click your state; it's very simple. And then I'm also going to Goodwills. You know what I'm saying? I'm finding a lot of Goodwills, Dollar Trees. Um, I'm starting to explore into those because I'm getting a lot of uh, people from around my local area. They're hitting me up, sending me pictures of these fucking bins, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Like I'm about to hit it up. So hitting up there, um, five below's I'll go to five below's because they have brand new, literally brand new condition books. Uh, and sometimes if you live in a nice area with like, not saying the nice area is in like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, demographic wise, but if you, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a nice like five below, that's going to be, that has some fire ass fucking in like <laughs> books and in inventory. Um, you know what I'm saying? Then I seen people that are picking some up. Mine doesn't have, mine has like a bunch of kids shit and I, it's just not worth it to me. Um, yeah, that's so the like same with mine, I, I have one right there. I was checking it out. I saw someone got some books there and I, it was just not good stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was, just wasn't good stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Like like I said, if you're lucky you have one around you that's got some good fire stuff in there, then um, hit it up. But yeah, that's where I'm mainly going, man. And I'm creating a schedule around based around all the places I can hit. That way I'm maximizing my time. And, um, you know, now I'm starting to utilize Goodwills on Saturdays because they have 50 percent off. And uh, in some places, every every Goodwill area is different. Like every every place has different rules and how they operate and shit like that. So what works for me is might not work for somebody else across the country. Right. Um, but they still have days where they have fucking 50 percent off or 30 percent off or X, Y, Z. So you guys should pay attention to when they do those and really execute on those days. Um, I, I was also getting word that like these people are going two, three times a day to Goodwills around around my area. Right. And I'm like, damn, like that's a, like, all right, fine. Like I, I understand that, you know, what I'm saying they're going really hard um, because they're just putting books out every day. And I know that most Goodwills work that way, though, with when it comes to books like and their inventory every day they're always restocking so that's just also some intel that i've gotten from goodwill uh, employees from a lot of different goodwills i've been to over over the time of doing this yeah exactly so when you're uh going to a place you do use a scanner i'm assuming oh 100 percent. yes yeah that's what i thought um so what would like you like see the bookshelf and then you just like start going left to right just scanning and scanning and scanning Correct. Yeah. Well, everybody has their own specific method on how they like to go about doing it. But what I'll do is I'll go from top to bottom, right to left. So when I get there, I'll analyze the shelves, find the sections that I want to hit first. Um, and then I will pretty much just, it doesn't matter. Like I just like to hit certain sections first, just because I know that there's like cookbooks, history books, reference books. Those are going to be more profitable right off the rip. And I'm going to have more likelihood of finding those better than going in the fiction section and going from the same method. So I'll hit the good areas first, but regardless, I'm going to hit every Every single fucking row like people ask me all the time like do you scan certain things and that's it no you scan every single book on there if unless it's like you know you start to get more efficient in criteria and how you analyze the book etc like scan everything like regardless you know what i'm saying um and until you can really figure out a good efficient way to uh, like exclude the duds so you save some time right but uh that's what i'll do i'll go from top to bottom right to left dude and i'll scan everything every single book yeah, exactly. You never know what you're going to find uh, in the books. Um, so when you're using the scanner, uh, what app do you use in, like the certain app uh, linked up mm-hmm. with the scanner? Is I it- use Scout IQ. Scout IQ? Okay, that's what I uh, figured as well. How do you like that? Uh, give a little uh, brief explanation about how that works if you could. Yeah, I like Scoutly or I like Scout IQ. Um, I said Scoutly because I know my my partners and that's what I used before uh, Scout IQ. But um, my buddy uses uh, Scout Scoutly now, and and then it forced me because they wouldn't have two people on one account. They didn't have a subscription option for that, so I had to go to Scout Scout IQ. Okay. I was forced, so jumped and it was literally mid mid book run. Like we we just get there and I get the air and I'm like I look up the air on my Google Chrome real quick and I'm like shit. Okay, I need to sign up for Scout IQ. Finally, this is bound to happen. So I ended up signing up. Up and I was like, oh my God, going through this, like the, the description, here's the description on the app for you. Like the user interface is so, so easy for beginners. Um, and like, it's so simple to set up triggers. It's so, everything is like basic. It's really, really easy. They, they set everything up for you. So all you have to do is set your profit margins on each trigger. And, uh, it's very, very nice, very beginner friendly, like a hundred percent. Like I always tell beginners picture it like this. Scout IQ is Apple and Scoutly is, is Android. Android is more manipulative. It looks a lot scarier. You could do a lot more shit on it. You can manipulate the program and tweak it however you 
you'd like, right? Apple is Scout IQ. Scout IQ is so simple. Everything's set for you. You just set your profit margins on the triggers and it teaches you how the triggers work. You know what I'm saying? As far as like the range of of uh, sales rank and the range of e-score, it shows you how that works. And then you can start to catch on to some things. And then when you start to you know do that after like three, four months, um, you can then move to Scoutly, which is $5 a month cheaper if you wish. And you can manipulate triggers more. So if you're someone who gets really into the triggers and you're fucking, you know, so excited that you get to manipulate the shit out of them uh, after you learned the beginner one, uh, the beginner tool being Scout IQ, then, you know, that's if you're that type of person, because I know there's some people out there that are like that. They're really into like learning their applications and their triggers. So like, you know, what I'm saying if that's you um, start with Scout IQ, I always recommend it. And, and for beginners, just because it's the UI is so beginner friendly and it's so easy to uh, navigate through, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you're, uh, prepping your books, I, I was on your uh, live video the other day and I saw yeah. you like were scanning, uh, the books and then putting it in a, and then putting stickers on it. Uh, what was that process like? Uh, what are you using and, uh, how does that work? Yeah. So, okay. So to prep my books is very, very simple. When I get the books from the library, I bring them home and I st- I have somebody who cleans the books for me. So what, my, what I mean by clean is I have Scotty peelers. If you guys don't know what they are, definitely look them up on, go Google them. Uh, Scotty spells S C O T T Y space peeler, like how you normally spell peeler. And, um, they're, you could buy like a four pack of the, of, uh, sticker They're What they are is they're sticker removal tools. Uh, really, really nice. Uh, and those cost like $22 for a four pack. And, and they're very, very, very useful. If you go to any used bookstore that takes in books, that you'll see them there. Uh, Goo Gone is another uh, thing that I'm actually going to pick up, but I've been seeing it around, and I know it helps. It gets that adhesive shit off of the off of the book. Uh, it gets all that sticky residue and all that stuff, so that's good. I'm going to pick that up. Um, but I'm also using uh, so after they get cleaned, right? After the stickers get taken off, then I rub them. Then like the person will put some rubbing alcohol on a, a washcloth or whatever, and then you know wipe it down and make sure all the dirt and dust and all that garbage gets off of it, right? Make sure it's n- look nice and crisp. Um, and then after that, what we'll do is we'll shrink wrap the books. So the person who cleans them and I uh, will go through a very efficient process that I've set up to where we can shrink wrap the books. Now, the shrink wrap requires an impulse sealer, which is like forty nine fifty seven on Amazon. Uh, it requires you – and now if you're going to shrink wrap, you need to also get warnings, warning stickers, like warning labels um, that say that this is a choking hazard and it could, it could cause like – you know, it could – cause death. You know what I'm saying? If some, if a baby or a young child was to choke or swallow on that, it could, it could close up an airway. So, um, you have to get those. And not only that, but Amazon requires that because it, not only do they require it, but you should want to put that on there anyways, cause it's saving your ass. If someone tried to sue you because their baby literally choked on that, you never know. So you always want to literally be safe. So I get the stickers. You also got to get some polyphane. Um, and I, I'm honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know the size of the polyphane that I have. I'm going to, uh, if anything though, on my Instagram profile in the, um, link in the bio, you can go and I have a kit where it has all of my shit, okay. uh, everything, so you can see it. Um, and then that's it. And then you need a heat gun. So I had luckily had one around the crib. My grandpa already had one, so I was I was set there. So then that's all you need. So it's very very simple. And then I'll shrink wrap them and put the uh, warning label on there. And then after that, what you were watching in the live was me uh, scanning them. I was inputting them into inventory labs, and I was scanning them to uh, list them, price them create the label for them for the FN SKU. And then, uh, that process, then after that is like where I ship them out. You know what I'm saying? I'll put them in the box, ship them out. So that's what you were watching. That's the process also broken down for you. Awesome. Uh, so what, what's the reasoning behind, uh, shrink wrapping them? I've, is it for like the more of the prep or the, what, what is, what's the reason behind Um, it? 
the reasoning behind it for me is because um, I was noticing that first off, I was still using wrong boxes. Uh, I, I'm now using heavy duty small boxes, but I was using regular medium sized boxes, non heavy duty, and uh, I was noticing that I was getting I. Out of 1,700 plus books I shipped out, I've had I have only four one star reviews on my account. Okay, and that's being transparent. And now well, the reason why I think those happened. Now, first off, I would never list a book as new and it not look brand new, right? Yeah. So that's just against the that's just against Amazon's terms of service, anyways. So what I what and this is how I knew my theory was correct, right? I'll tell you the theory and then I'll tell you how I knew it was correct. The theory was is that shit was getting fucked up during transit, right? So whether it was my books going to the warehouse or from the warehouse to the customer, I, I thought that it was going to be in that transit and it was. Now, the reason why I believed the theory that I believed was because when I ordered new books, I had ordered a couple new books from Amazon, right? And they came in, the jacket, you know what I'm saying? The little mm-hmm. flap that protects the hardcover, it was dented, you know what I'm saying? And like creased in a certain way, you know what I'm saying? And it just got it just got dinked up in the in the shipping process, right? It happens. Now, I'm not a customer who is going to complain about it, but they we cannot please everybody as a seller, okay? You have to understand that very fast or else you're going to become really, really uh, like over-obsessed with the negative reviews that you're going to get on your account, okay? It's going to happen. You need to take it with a grain of salt and, and continue to learn from it and move forward so that it doesn't happen again instead of dwellings, right? So what, what I'm using the shrink wrapping for is because when I ordered, when I did cleaned out my dead inventory, I ordered over 200 books, came back to the crib, right? When it came back to the crib, the box was so fucked up. I was like, oh my Lord, like this is how my shit's getting handled going to the warehouse. If it's, this is, if this is how it's going on to get here, I know that's exactly what's going on when I get it there. Not only that, when I send it out and not only that, but when I went to UPS for the second time and I went there to drop off another shipment, the lady was like, oh my gosh, like I need you to, uh, I need you to come back here. She took me to the back area. She showed me my box. They were putting 300 pounds of shit on top of it. My box collapsed, completely broke. So, so I knew then I was like, yes, this is why I'm getting these fucking reviews. So one, I decided to take multiple precautions. First precaution is now I'm getting this heavy duty boxes and I'm getting smaller size. So that way, if they're going to be stuffed, they're going to be stuffed to the brim. So that way there's no room for collapsing. And on top of that, they're going to be able, it's going to be able to withhold its weight that's got on top of it. Second of all, I shrink wrap due to the fact that if their shit was to get fucked up during, during shipment, and or when Amazon ships it from their warehouse to the customer single-handedly, single-itemly by itself, and it and it gets whatever package it gets in, it's definitely going to get banged around just like everything else is. So that shrink wrap is protecting the edges of the books, especially paperbacks. It's protecting the edges of the books more or less. So and also uh, it's protecting the fact that if the if a customer mainly for myself when I ship them out, but also for customers, if a customer orders two books and they slide around in a box and two or more books and they slide around in the box or if I send send the shipment out, same thing when I got like 30 books in a box, if they're jumping around and sliding around in there, one of them could, if I didn't have it shrink wrapped, bro, it could open up and then another book slide in the open up of that book and now it's like the book is going to be creased wide open due to the fact that it wasn't shrink wrapped and the book now could be opened. You know what I'm saying? The pages could get screwed up. They could get creased really easily. It could, so many ways that the book can lose its condition through transit that I'm not willing to risk it anymore. I invested only a hundred dollars, less than a hundred dollars. It was like 98 bucks in all of this shit to shrink wrap. And it's going to be well worth the reviews I'm going to get for it. When customers appreciate it, it's going to be well worth the the condition that's the book's going to stay in. So it's going to hold its value, which is going to mean it's going to hold its profit for me. Um, so that explains all of the trials and errors that led up to the shrink wrapping and why I shrink wrap now.
Yeah, that that's definitely a great tip. That could definitely help out people a lot so they don't have to go yes. through that process. So you kind of explain that for them. Okay, so when you're outsourcing for books, uh, what kind of condition do you look in uh, if you like pre-owned? Like uh, like new, all that stuff, if you could uh, explain the condition ranking on Amazon and how that works. Yeah, so uh, – all right, so when it comes down to conditioning, and I was talking about it earlier and how uh, when you start to get run through this and you have trials and errors and you could you can – Find ways to become more efficient when you're outsourcing and moving faster. Uh, and one of the ways is is I look at the spine of the book, right? So in the condition guidelines, it states that if the book is the book's spine um, is really like it's it's not in great condition, then it's in good. It's got to be listed as good condition, right? So uh, when I'm going through, the only thing that I do to be more efficient uh, really is I'll take a look at the spine as soon as I see the spine, and I'm like, okay. If that's in good condition and it's a nice, it's a nice spine. It's not destroyed. I'll look at it and I'll scan it, regardless now because it's above good condition, right? Uh, unless it's got other stuff, which I'll find out after I scan the book, right? So that's really the main thing I look at when I'm going in and scanning is is the um, is the uh, spine and make sure that it's in really really good condition. Uh, that'll usually give a telltale. About like 75, 70% of the time that the book will be in pretty decent condition. If not, if if not very good, at least like new and you sometimes get surprised and you'll find a, a brand new condition book uh, sitting there when you just look at the spine and you can tell um, because people will put them in their bookshelves. You know what I'm saying? And they'll keep them there and they'll keep it'll make them look really crisp because they've been sitting like that the entire time. They're used to sitting like that. Um, so spines really help dictate for me. Uh, whether or not I'm going to like pick it up and scan it immediately or if I'm going to wait until the second second time around, you know? Yeah. So what if it's like a paperback book and the corner is like folded or any part of the cover is folded? Would you pick that up or how would you deal with that? No, no I don't like picking up paperback books that are – I don't really pick up a lot of paperback books to be honest with okay. you. I, not a lot at all, um, and mainly because the conditioning for them is really, really like not my cup of tea. Uh, people get really, really – like really like um detailed on their on their descriptions and all that stuff and you have to then be aware that customers are going to complain about some it's like again you can't please please everybody and that's an area that i just don't want to dip in i have a so i have so many sources for hardbacks uh for me i'm very very grateful and lucky that my source like my sources around me have i have just a surplus of them you know what i'm saying so yeah. I have the opportunity to be like, yeah, screw hardbacks right now. I'm not our softbacks. I'm not really trying to deal with too much of those. Um, if they come up in the hardback section, yes, I'll deal with them and I'll look at them. Um, but again, I'll literally look at the spine and, and I'll tell by the I'll tell by how the spine and the top edges look. And uh, I, I'll go from there. But yeah, I don't really do a lot of paper, a lot of paperbacks. My majority, I'm probably 90 percent hardback. No lie. Okay. Um, so another thing that I think could help people out is the ranking system on Amazon. I know that could be very confusing for new sellers. Uh, so mm -hmm. what kind of ranking are you looking at when you're looking up for, uh, used books? Yeah. So for books in general, man, like the, the, for me, like I'll buy anything under a million sales rank, depending on like now I'll buy anything that's going to make me profit under a million sales rank. Um, and I also have some strategies that I'll buy things where it'll make me like a dollar or 50 cents. I don't really care about that. I, I use that strategy for, for metric standpoint and for, uh, like, yeah, just pretty much, yeah, all metric standpoint. But my main thing, my main strategy for when I'm buying books is I'm buying, I'm looking for under a million and I have to make four dollars on the book profit margin minimum, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now that's that's what I'm mainly looking for. And on top of that, uh, that if they 
if they are between like zero and 250k, like zero to 100,000 sales rank, I'm gonna pick up immediately. Um, any pretty much anything under 300, 400,000, I'm gonna pick up immediately, uh, whether it's at the four dollar minimum or not. Right now, when I get to like 500 to 700, I will need like you know it's got to be worth like five, six bucks. Again, I'll pick it up. Um, it, most of the time now because I have some capital to spare now and I'm playing with some excess funds like unlike before now I'll still pick it up if it's the same price uh, that's only going to give me my minimum profit margin if it's a high rank right now right so my overall strategy now that I have overall a little more capital is I'm picking up everything that's my minimum profit margin under a million sales rank now okay uh -huh. now once now the next question that a lot of people ask is okay Andrew well, what are you picking up over a million sales rank are you even picking up books over a million sales rank yes I am and I'm being very strategic on how I do that as well so what I'm doing is on Scoutly or Scout IQ uh, what you will find is Scout IQ has an e-score and that e-score stands for the same uh, data that Scoutly's days with sales means what both of those t like tabs of data mean are they're telling you the sales that it has in the past 180 80 days so the past six months now there are people who tell you it's a year and yeah I've I, everywhere I go I see it's it's six months but there's just everybody has their own opinion and standpoint on it so to each their own um, but I look at that as the past six months now if a book is ranked between one to two million I will pick the book up if it has the following criteria one it has over 12 days of sales in uh, the 180 days. So what does that mean broken down, right? Because I didn't just pick any random number to pick it. I picked 12 because when you break that down and divide that by six, that's two sales per month. So that gives me two opportunities to win the buy box each month. Now my stats are very, they're decent on Amazon, stats being my my uh, feedback score. So it's in the 80s, right? So I know that I'm gonna beat people that are below 80s, right? So I know that I have a higher chance of winning that, but not only that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go lower than you profit margin wise. Why? Because I have the room to. Why? Because I only pick up books between one to two million that have sold two times in the past uh, a month in the past six months. That equals out to twelve, and the criteria has to be fifteen dollar profit minimum, right? So that gives me a good leeway. I can go down five bucks and give me enough. Even if my even if I'm going up against somebody, and that strategy is for if I'm going up against somebody who has better stats and metrics than me, my price difference is going to win buy box. You know what I'm saying? My price difference of a five dollar cut will win the buy box and I will win that sale unless someone else comes in and we start having a, a bid war. But regardless, that's why you that's why I give myself that $15 profit margin. Two to three million is a $20 profit margin. It goes $5 up uh, for desired profit margin every million, okay? But yeah. what doesn't change is the fact that it still has to sell two times a month for the past six months. Yeah, that, that's really useful information. I think a lot of people can use that uh, very well. Uh, you talk yeah. about the buy box. Um, uh, kind of want to just give a little explanation on what that means, if you could. Yeah, the buy box is just it's when you go to when you go to uh, Amazon and you type in anything and you click on the item that you like when you find it, and uh, it on the right it has that that box where it says add to cart or buy now, right? Now, what a lot of customers aren't doing is they're not looking at where it's shipped or sold from and shipped from. So. When you look at the buy box next time you go on Amazon and you go to an item that you're looking to buy, look at where it says sold from or sold by someone's LLC shipped from Amazon. Okay, that's how you know that you're dealing with a third-party seller. That's exactly what anybody who is doing what I'm doing on Amazon is. They're a third-party seller. 
Okay. So when it says shipped by Amazon, shipped and sold from Amazon, it's telling you that Amazon's fulfilling your order and they are the actual seller of the item. Okay. Now, any other time, it's a third party seller. And when you win that, you then are pretty much going to be gener- you're going to be generating sales. Now, there's so many variables to getting into how you win it. It's ridiculous. We can go down from small things like sale metrics on your account to bigger things like whether or not you can hold stock in that certain item, um, what your sales velocity is looking like, um, you know, your feedback score in general. Uh, things like that will really break down, you know, that's just the bigger things. And then you, you get into smaller, like account metrics, like strat, then there's strategies like I'm doing when I buy books for account metrics to help me win buy box. You know what I'm saying? So this is a game that you need to learn how to, you need to learn the basics before you can then strategize to help one another. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how deep it can get. And the, that's what the buy box is pretty much for what, like, for instance, let me, let me explain something else in books, especially cause books is a big topic for this. Um, you have a lot of, you have a lot of books in inventory, right? When like you can go to a store and pick up 50 books, right? You're giving yourself now 50 opportunities to sell a book and win the, you have 50 opportunities to win the buy box and 50 opportunities to sell an item. Okay. Now when you get over, over hundreds, your chances are now going to be very high. You're going to start making more sales and you're going to start winning the buy box more, right? That's when now that's why I say that because in the in the game of books, guys, it's volume is the game. Volume is the name of the game. Why do you think I'll pick up books for a dollar profit or less or even break even on them? But I'll still I'll still buy them. Why? Because they're cheap. They're going to help my metrics, which helps me win, win buy box. And at the same time, it's going it, to that could be a potential review for uh, for your account, which is going to be good. And then on, on top of that. Um, it's, I said sale metrics already, and I already said that a good review. Um, there's another, there's no, another like piece to the, to the puzzle that I use it for that, that I can't think of right now that it's just, it's another reason why I buy, you know, the, um, the items that are going to be low profit, if not break even, it just helps you out overall in the long term, And, uh, it's so cheap. It's a dollar 99 or your dollar or a dollar. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to hurt. Um, but yeah, that's, that's buy box and that's a lot that has to do with buy box and how the buy box plays into effect as well with other variables of the business. Cool. Uh, so the last question I have for you to kind of wrap up the whole thing is, uh, what kind of books are you looking for in the sense of like genres, nonfiction, fiction, uh, if you could go through that kind of what, um, provides the best profit for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I get this question a lot too, especially, and this is going to help everybody who's just jumping into this. Right. So I'm, I'm really, really glad you actually asked this question. Um, so over my time of doing this, right. Uh, there's a couple that played to par that everybody said that you needed to go to that was correct. And then there was a couple that I learned. Well, there was one so far that I've really, le- well, yeah, one that I really learned that on my own that no one was really talking about. That's really good. So the ones that you hear a lot of are reference textbook like reference books textbooks health books uh i don't hear that one too too much but health books are a really big one um cookbooks are a very big one um now those are the ones that are the main ones that i heard now those are all true textbooks are good reference books are good um like nature books like stuff like that like it depends you know what i'm saying go through that section it's not a top top one but it's definitely one that surprised me with some books that are you know a couple hundred dollars and like you know there's some nature books out there that actually people will pay for hunting books like that type of genre um i learned that i guess as i guess you could say um what else cookbooks those are fire uh, everybody talks about nonfiction as well. I leave that for later on because these books are more important. Um, I would go there first. Not only that, but the sections are smaller. 
another thing that yeah i said cookbooks okay that's yeah making sure that i said that one that's fire like fire as hell like i'd never seen anybody really capitalizing on that and uh i've i've really been pushing for the, like the past month and a half on my instagram hard whenever i make cookbook sales so you guys know you guys could see and notice like cookbooks are really moving um another one that i learned that were, that's really 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 good genre that is a fucking profitable as hell is history guys for the love of god please go to the history section and scan every fucking book that's there because I was so surprised when I was picking up a third of my – and I like when I was picking up books and then I left and a third of my books came from the history section. So like in a couple different areas. So like really, really hone in on that. Now nonfiction, now to get to the basic ones, right? Because those – that's me explaining like some decent ones, right? Uh, and like individuals. Now to get to the bigger genres like nonfiction and fiction, fiction is the last thing I will look at and I will go through it like yeah, last, dead ass last. Um, fic nonfiction is really, really profitable depending on your area. You know what I'm saying? Um, it all depends on your area that's, uh, you know, that you live in, or if you're going to go to a town, go to like, you know what I'm saying? It, de it just depends on what, how their area is. Every area is different. Uh, but nonfiction is generally very profitable as well. Um, and then, like I said, fiction is last and all those mystery and, you know, horror or whatever the hell they are, uh, they're last, they're dead last. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's breaking that down for you guys as far as genres and stuff like that. Another one, uh, sports, definitely check out sports. Um, it's underrated as fuck. No one talks about it at all. It really kind of, I'm about to start blasting it on the gram because no one else is fucking talking about it. Um, sports books, when you find them, like I've sold 15 fucking Tony Dungy books. Like get, if any of you know who Tony Dungy is, he was a Colts, Colts coach a long time ago, back when I was in like fucking in middle school and high school so like yeah i've sold like 15 copies of his book um sports books will surprise you don't skip sections do not skip sections at all like even though i just told you guys all the good ones and like how i gauge them that doesn't mean you skip anything like at all like religion i'm sorry now that i'm just going through this in my mind and i'm going through different in my mind right now bro i'm going through different areas of the libraries and how i do shit and religion is another one i want to touch on very heavily that's very very huge in profit a lot of people buy on emotion on on those type of books so like they sell fast most of the time when you find them so yes religion as well sorry i'm now i'm finished <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man uh that provided a lot of help to a lot of people i'm pretty sure uh the small books that i've been selling i've been doing a lot of religion books and um, mostly just all nonfiction. but i definitely want to start getting into books a lot more and i uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast i think you helped out a lot of people uh if you want to just uh, kind of tell people who you are where they can find you uh you can go ahead and do that now if you like yeah, of course, man. Yeah. So again, my name is Andrew Georgie. Um, on the socials, it's on Twitter. It's Andrew Georgie. No, sp it's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-I-O-R-G-I-I. -I. Uh, so two eyes at the end of the name on, on Twitter On Instagram. It's just at Andrew Georgie, normal name, like how I spelled it with one eye at the end, uh, on YouTube as well. Andrew Georgie podcast on anchor is hidden hustler podcast um i'm gonna really really great i'm grateful that you're allowing me to repost this so uh this will be on mine as well but yes that's where my podcast is on all platforms it's hidden hidden hustler podcast and uh, again at in, at andrew georgie on instagram as well man and i just want to say also thank you very much for having me on your podcast man i'm very very grateful for the time and uh i really appreciate you allowing me to come on here and share some value and really help a lot of people and uh, allowing me for you know just to be able to do this i just really appreciate it i want to say thank you thank you uh, of course uh, I'm glad I can help uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime uh, maybe talk about a different subject besides books to kind of get people some more value uh, as well yeah of course anytime man anytime thank you guys so much for listening to that podcast I really hope it was able to help you out with all the questions you have with FBA books let me know what kind of topics you'd like me to get into next time and keep on flipping